Ozark Highlands Radio is brought to you by the Ozark Folk Center State Park in Mountain View, Arkansas, a wonderful way to enjoy yesterday. On the web at OzarkFolkCenter.com. Howdy, folks. This is Dave Smith, host of Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome to our show. On this week's show, we'll feature music and interviews with mysterious time-traveling minstrel Meredith Axelrod, recorded live here at the Ozark Folk Center State Park. In our vault segment, Mark Jones offers an archival recording of David Prine, brother of famed singer-songwriter John Prine, and writer, professor, and historian Dr. Brooks Blevins relates the history of panthers and wolves in the early Ozarks region. All that this week on Ozark Highlands Radio. When California musician Meredith Axelrod began her performance on our stage, we were blown away. It was as if some musical apparition from the 1930s had suddenly appeared. You could tell from her vocal style that she'd learned these songs from original recordings of the people who first recorded them many years ago. Here's a sampling of some of her music. I love a sailor, a sailor loves me. He sails every night to my home. He's not a sailor that sails o'er the sea or over the white bright foam. Nay, he owns an airship and sails up on high. It's just like a bird on the wing. And as the shadows of evening draw nigh, he sails to my window to sing. Come take a trip in my airship. Come have a sail around the stars. Come have a sail around the stars. 
Well, I mean reward in the sense of the word in the vernacular of, I guess, biochemistry, or in the sense of psychology even, or just that um, it makes you feel great inexplicably. I mean, what's the point of music, you know? Or why rhythm? Why music? It's just kind of a strange oddball thing. It's just, uh, it's just, it seems to trip this mechanism that makes us feel great. I know why food and why like reproducing, but why music? It was something my sister had, you know, I liked it at the time. I wouldn't, I don't know about now, but it was like, da, 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 da. That's one of the first songs that I felt obsessed with. And then the Beatles, I really, really, really loved as a child. And, um, I mean, still do. And I could, I could like listen to music on the headphones. I never wanted to be without it. I would sneak it into school and just try to listen on the headphones just so it just to make myself happy and just try to have that running as much as possible. Just like a rainbow, I'm fading away. I have to see the doctor most every day, but he don't do me no good. Cause I'm lonesome for you. the day
I grew up in uh, Hyde Park and in the suburbs. My dad played the piano and he would get books of sheet music out of the library and sight read them and then I would sing them. They were like pop tunes, mostly from the 40s, but some of the pop tunes from the 40s are actually from the 20s, but they were popular also in the 40s or they were popular again in the 40s. And those are the ones that I liked. So they had that in common mostly and so that's how I gravitated toward the 20s well real I mean I could see that the notes went up and down Mm -hmm. but I had no you know I was not good at sight reading but my dad was actually playing the melody oh okay so I'd just be learning by ear but I also I also can read sheet music but just my sight singing kind of sucks and I would definitely flunk yeah I took piano lessons but no music classes they took the moonlight out of the sky and stuck the moonbeams right in your eye. Like a June night, you're a heavenly thing. They took the fragrance out of the dew and sprinkled roses all over you. Like a garden, you're a heavenly thing. They took the clinging vine, that's your embrace. Stars that shine to light your face. To combine everything. Upon your lips they put the breath of spring. And when they finished, they called it a day. They took the mold and threw it away. Like an angel, you're a heavenly thing. I'd like to thank your father and your mother for bringing up someone like you.
They took the fragrance out of the dew. They sprinkled roses all over you. Like a garden, you're a heavenly thing. They took the clinging vine, but your embrace. Stars that shine to light your face. They combined everything. Upon your lips they put the breath of spring. And when they finished, they called it a day. They took the mold and threw it away. Like an angel, you're a heavenly thing. The way I play, like the way I conceive of music through the medium of piano is distinct from the way I conceive of music any other way. On the piano, like, I got to doing, like, really complicated stuff that I would just practice a hundred times, and then I'd be like, this is meaningless, because it's just like a choreography that I'm doing either, you know, better and better the more times I do it. But with the guitar, I'm just, I, I just, I hear the song. I'd be more inclined to just make things up on the spot. I think most people, I think a lot of people play the piano making things up on the spot. That's not how I took to the piano. My sister showed me some chords on the guitar and I played songs that I heard in her music and it was just very easy. And then she showed me like two or three chords and then I could find other chords by saying, gee, I need that chord. And I'd pluck a string, does that match, does that match, does that match, six times and you get ideas.
rooster chews tobacco. The rooster chews tobacco. And the hen uses snuff, pretty mama. The rooster chews tobacco. And the hen uses snuff. The little chickens don't use nothing, but they strut their stuff. I'm gonna tally Lula, I'm gonna tally Lula to see my pony run, pretty mama. I'm gonna tally Lula to see my pony run. And if I win a hundred dollars, I'll give my baby one. You've been listening to some good old songs performed by the amazing Meredith Axelrod. In that first set, we heard Airship, followed by Oh Daddy, You're a Heavenly Thing, and Blues in a Bottle. Meredith has lots more songs to come today, but after this short break, come with me down to the vault for a visit with our music archivist, Mark Jones. This is Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome back to Ozark Highlands Radio. Back when they put this place together in 1973, they put a kind of a dingy basement on the auditorium at the Folk Center. And what we've found to do with that is to keep our recordings of all of our music over the years down in the vault. And we've got a guy who spends plenty of time down there in the vault, and that is Mr. Mark Jones. I think I'm going to go down and visit him right now. Hey, Dave, come well, on in. Well, hello, Mark. How's things going down here? It's going good. Well, you've got stacks of stuff, as usual, down I here. sure do. There's Man. a lot of material down here. Just I just sit and listen all the time. Well, like this one. What's this? Well, Dave, let's look at that. It's a recording of a fella that uh, came here, and he and a couple of buddies of his... 
It's David Prine. Yeah, I know David. I've been fishing with him a couple times down on the White River. He comes here to fish. He's, I believe, the brother of of, uh, John Prine. Yeah. You know, we're always talking about how music runs in families and all that and how, you know, a lot of people, they'll have two or three brothers that all play instruments, different instruments, and some of them write songs, and that's one of the cases there. John's a great songwriter, but his brother, David, he's a mighty fine musician, too. Yes, he is. I've picked with him on the porch down there on the court square a few times. He's got his buddies with him, Paul Breidenbach and also Tyler Wilson. And, uh, boy, they do a real good old Norman Blake song. It's a, a great recording. Well, I do love Norman Blake songs. He, he's a fairly contemporary songwriter. He's been writing for, what, 30 or 40 years? And he writes songs just like they were done 100 years ago. 100 years ago. Well, let's hear it. All right. a good old tune all right i like that dobro in there it's great dobro play yeah. for those who don't know it dobro is kind of like a guitar with a hubcap glued to the top of it <laughs> and it's played with a slide that's where you get those slidey sounds that go yeah. up and down i bet that was uh breidenbach probably playing the dobro on that. i think so i think it was and what a great song good deal yeah well thanks a lot that's good to hear uh dave prine again after all these years thank you dave i'm glad you came down to hear it i'll see you next week all right
Let's get back to some more music from Meredith Axelrod. The dominant theme throughout Meredith's expansive repertoire is that, whatever the genre, these are songs she learns from the original sources, that is, records or sheet music which were released between the 1890s and the 1930s. Part of the allure of old-time music is hearing the original recordings as played and sung by the original performers in their heyday, and this lady has sure captured that old-time sound. Maybe, baby. 
Um, well, my boyfriend collects these records, and, well, my brother-in-law collects records, so I always liked, you know, records, early records, and he'd send me, yeah, he'd send me tapes and stuff, and I would sing them around the house, and we'd play, you know, he'd play around the house, and I, my boyfriend, you know, he said you could play the guitar, and why don't we just play together? My boyfriend is a great guitar player. And he had he just had gigs all the time. That's what he does. He he's a musician. He he just said you can play this gig with me. Oh, I remember the first gig I did was at this barbecue, and it was with my brother-in-law and my boyfriend. And I I was so nervous, even though it was just a barbecue. But um, I played softly enough that no one could hear me, and I still got paid. But they, but they said you should play louder. <laughs> I was just afraid to play louder. That was the, that was then. But I'm leaving Wyoming. The reins are in my hand. Goodbye, old paint. I'm leaving Cheyenne. Goodbye, old paint. And I moved to New York, and when Craig couldn't do a gig, he used to sub out gigs to me, but I didn't know what I was doing because I didn't know how to play yet. And there was this gig where I, ha- where I was supposed to play the banjo <laughs> with a jazz band, with like a real trad jazz band, and read these charts and these songs that I never heard before. And I remember, like, just not being able to do it. And then slowly kind of learning to read charts. But also at that gig, I would do the thing where I played too quietly for anyone to hear. And then everybody would tell me, we can't hear your banjo. 
and they would blame the sound person. <laughs> They'd say, can you turn her, her up? We can't hear. That's how I learned to read charts. It was very sink or swim. Yeah. But people were so kind to me. I mean, I would have been like, get this kid out of here. You know, this they don't know. They're making our band suck. Hello, stranger. Put your loving hand in mine. Hello, stranger. Put your loving hand in mine. You are a stranger. I was really fixated on what I thought of as 
authenticity in the voice. But nowadays, I have changed that. Um, I don't think that anymore because now I think there is no authenticity. Whatever you pull off naturally is your authenticity because of the fascinating diversity of your own natural range like your own natural range like well there are many many factors in the way the voice comes across I mean there's accent there's resonance there's pitch and there's no difference in authenticity this thing I used to just be obsessed with but I used to think people on 78 sing with a kind of authenticity and also it has tormented me to separate the very sound of their voices from the sound of the way they were recorded. Another set of fine old songs from California's Meredith Axelrod. We heard I Wonder Why Trouble Keeps Worrying Me, the cowboy classic Goodbye Old Paint, Hello Stranger, and Death is Only a Dream, which was recorded during our afternoon set in our outdoor craft village here at the Ozark Folk Center State Park in Mountain View, Arkansas. Let's take a short break, after which we'll hear from guest host Brooks Blevins. You're listening to Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome back to Ozark Highlands Radio. Now let's hear from Dr. Brooks Blevins. Anyone who's ever heard the scream of a mountain lion is unlikely ever to forget it. Often described as similar to the scream of a distressed woman, it's the kind of sound that makes other animals look for a hole to crawl into. It was a sound that pioneers in the old Ozarks heard often, though not one they grew accustomed to. In fact, the mountain lion, or panther as it was known in the Ozarks, actually painter in the hill country dialect, was, along with the wolf, the target of a concerted extermination attempt in the region and elsewhere around the country in the 19th century. In the third part of our series on wildlife, we go back to the old Ozarks to visit the pioneers' uneasy relationship with the region's two most fierce non-human predators, 
the painter, and the wolf. Due to the damage they inflicted on livestock populations and their alleged penchant for killing humans, no animals were more despised than were these hunters. Numberless stories of panther attacks and wolf depredations survived in Ozark family lore well into the 20th century. An adult male panther could reach an intimidating size of 160 pounds and more than 8 feet from nose to tail, but the solitary animal was shy and retiring, devouring small pigs, calves, and other livestock, but rarely attacking a human. David Campbell, a recent immigrant to northwestern Arkansas, wrote back home to Middle Tennessee of an 1837 encounter with a panther while riding his horse. The panther sprang from a thicket into the road and turned as if getting ready to attack. I charged my horse at him, and he whirled and ran the road, then turned and took the woods, Campbell wrote. I went on victorious, laughing at the saucy animal. Dora Ross's childhood encounter inspired no similar feeling of mirth. Helping her siblings tend to a flock of sheep in the White River Valley in the 1850s, she came face to face with a large panther. Her screams seemed not to startle the animal, but intrigue it. And when she tried to hide behind a tree, the dreaded beast followed and stopped just a few feet in front and glared at me steadily a minute or more, she recalled. The panther seemed to toy with her for some time, cutting her off as she tried to dart away in different directions until tiring of the game and catching a lamb for his dinner. A petrified Dora found the strength to make it back to her family's house and promptly collapsed into the arms of an older sister. Regional folklore once abounded with such close calls and with even more blood-curdling tales. Panthers sneaking through cabin doors and carrying off newborn babies. Panthers shadowing weary travelers in the dark of night. Still, there seems to be no verified case of a panther killing a human in the Ozarks. The other way around? Well, that happened a lot. Legend has it that Samuel Hudson's renown as the man who killed a panther with his bare hands and a knife earned him election to the Arkansas State House of Representatives. Residents of the Ozarks killed the panther whenever the opportunity arose, usually by the rifle, but they saved their cruelest acts of revenge for the wolf, specifically Canis lupus, the feared gray or timber wolf. Wolves, more numerous than panthers and more destructive in their pack-hunting habits, killed and ate livestock and even family pets, though the only accounts of their killing humans remain undocumented stories from oral tradition. Residents of the Ozarks used steel traps, pit traps, and log pen traps to catch and kill them, and occasionally hemmed them in their own dens or caves for slaughter. Whether motivated by some ancient European fear of wolves transmitted through folklore to American descendants, or simply by financial loss, Ozarkers were known to enact horrible torture on captured wolves. Several accounts suggest that the flaying of live wolves was not an uncommon practice. Elias Kazee recalled helping his father and neighbors in present-day Ozark County, Missouri, skin a live wolf. Struck by the inhumanity of this barbarous treatment, Kazee felt afterward that I had acted too wicked and refused to engage in such work again. In other instances, men made blood sport of trapped wolves by severing the tendons on their hind legs, preventing their ability to escape, and turning them loose to defend themselves from packs of hunting dogs, or by knocking their teeth out and then watching as the wolf tried to defend itself against the pack of dogs. At the very least, government policies condone the scalping of wolves, panthers, and bobcats, 
The Territorial Legislature of Missouri approved the bill providing bounties for pairs of ears from such animals, and many counties followed suit. A few years after the Civil War, a traveler in the remote Boston mountains of Arkansas encountered a man who refused to send his children to the neighborhood school for fear that a panther would snatch them along the trail. But by the early 20th century, panthers were almost gone from the Ozarks. A last push by government-paid trappers in the 1920s and 30s did away with the timber wolf in the region as well. It's a sad but not unusual commentary on the destructive practices of our forebears, yet a state of affairs that we might view with more understanding if we were the ones living on the frontier in the old Ozarks, amid what must have seemed a permanent bounty of wildlife. Today, the timber wolf remains extirpated from the Ozarks, but game cameras occasionally catch a glimpse of the elusive mountain lion, which most of us still call the panther today. And the hair-raising sensation of anyone who hears the panther's scream must surely transport us back to those wild days of the old Ozarks. We don't have many songs about wolves in our collections, so we'll take our leave of the old Ozarks with a sound just as mournful as the howl of a solitary wolf. Courtesy of Lyon College's John Quincy Wolf Folklore Collection, here's a little bit of Almeda Riddle's haunting version of the Lonesome Turtle Dove, recorded in Cleburne County, Arkansas, in September 1960. Shout on, sing on. It won't be long until I join you in your song. Then we will sing on heaven's plain and no sorrow nor parting. Thanks, Brooks. Let's get back to some more music from this week's featured performer, Meredith Axelrod. During her show here at the Ozark Folk Center, we were delighted by her engaging and unassumingly comic personality. It's no surprise that she's performed and recorded with legendary jug band player Jim Queskin. Let's finish this week's show with three more from Meredith Axelrod. Riding along, his head was thrown back and his verse was a jingling. As he approached, he was singing this song. Whoopie-tie-o, get along, little doggies. It's your misfortune, none of our own. Whoopie-tie-o, get along, little doggies. You know Wyoming will be your new home. Some fellas go with a trail hurt for pleasure. That's where they get it most awfully wrong. You haven't no idea the troubles they give us while the little doggies go rolling along. Whoopie-tie-i-o, get along, little doggies. It's your misfortune, none of our own. Whoopie-tie-i-o, get along, little doggies. You know Wyoming. Out onto the trail. Whoopie t- 
advanced musicians also in 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 classical music more advanced than i who are doing really complicated things like i bet that's how people really think of music more it's like more cohesive way to understand music because it's the exact same way Mm -hmm. is is how i learned to do those other instruments i was in this i had to be in a play um and they, the person who hired me thought I played the banjo and was like, yeah, no, you're going to play the, play the banjo. Can you, can, can you learn this song? And I thought, well, I definitely want this gig, so yes, I can. And so I just d- did that. I had enough time. It was like six months away, and then I got a banjo and did it. And then I really loved the banjo, so I continued playing it. Please don't 
I feel so much happiness most of the time from what I'm doing. And when I'm driving and my thoughts begin to wander, so often they are spontaneous rushes of gratitude. Just, I can't believe I get to do this. I really find it rewarding. And I feel like I've, I'm so lucky to have friends all over the place and just meet people and have experiences and, and see different things. And it's beyond my wildest dreams. It really is. I never thought things could be this good. I wrote in my diary when I was a kid that I did not have the mechanisms, that I did not have the like biology to be a happy person. That's what I thought. I thought our happiness varies, it's genetic. Because even in a good situation, I just wasn't that happy sometimes. I mean, at that time or the day I wrote that. But I really think of myself as a happy person now. My heart is soaring a lot of the time. That means a lot to me. That's really what I want out of it. Just sharing this feeling. That's the whole point. Isn't it? Yeah. In this day and age, when we're on the go, perhaps we think that the ancients were slow, but just jump back 10,000 years, it beats anything the modern man hears. To think the sights of the modern day ought to carry all the latest news, but believe me, boy, they had a time when they played the mythological blues. Hercules pulling all the caveman stuff, treating all the women powerful rough. And when it came to speed, that Mercury boy was way out in the lead. Cyclops with that one big eye vamped all the women till they thought they'd die. Of all the sights, saw Jupiter spot em, seeing sweet Venus doing black bottom. Oh, take me back ten thousand years when they played the mythological blues. They say the latest fashions then exacting men they were snappy then as now there wasn't much of them and how old Argus was a lucky bird as the folks today surmise think of what he must have seen Looking through a hundred eyes Hercules pulling all the caveman stuff Treating all the women powerful rough And when it came to speed That Mercury boy was way out in the lead Cyclops with that one big eye Vamped all the women till they thought 
they die Of all the spoils just give me Hector He gave fair Helen wine and nectar Oh, take me back ten thousand years When they played the mythological blues Played the mythological blues Played the mythological That's Meredith Axelrod. Three more eclectic tunes from the time-traveling Meredith Axelrod. She sang Get Along Little Doggies, followed by Baby Please Don't Go, and The Mythological Blues. Thanks so much for listening to our show. If you want to find out more about us or listen to past shows, you can find us at OzarkHighlandsRadio.com. Be sure and tune in next week for more music that you never hear on the radio. For Ozark Highlands Radio, I'm Dave Smith. See you next week. Ozark Highlands Radio is produced by Jeff Glover. Executive producer is Darren Dorton. Additional support for this program comes from the Committee of 100, proudly supporting the Ozark Folk Center State Park since 1974. Arkansas State Parks, with 52 unique reasons to visit the natural state. On the web at ArkansasStateParks.com. And by Stone Bank, with deep roots in Mountain View and a deep respect for those who preserve our heritage. More information about what it means to bank Boulder is at StoneBank.com. For information on upcoming shows and events, we are on the web at OzarkHighlandsRadio.com. Until next time, I'm Donna Farrar.